Future Sense is a podcast edited from the radio show of the same name, broadcast on Bay FM in Byron Bay, Australia at bayfm.org. Hosted by Nick Jeans and well-known international futurist Steve McDonald, Future Sense provides a fresh, deep analysis of global trends and emergent technologies. How can we identify the layers of growth personally, socially, and globally? What are the signs missed, the truths being denied? Science, history, politics, psychology, ancient civilizations, alien contact, the new psychedelic revolution, cryptocurrency, and other disruptive and distributed technologies, and much more. This is Future Sense. And you tuned to Future Sense with myself and uh, Steve McDonald. That's Nick Jeans over here, and Steve McDonald, my co-host That's here. That's me over here. Hello. Hello, you over there. Oh, I'm not too bad. You've been travelling around a lot recently. I've been super busy, actually. I've been travelling for the last four weekends. You have, every weekend, showing our, well, our, our the wonderful film, Shock, From Shock to Awe, which we showed here on the 18th of August at the Bryan Theatre. great success, and you've just been down in Sydney with it. We have, and uh, I met Janine uh, Saget, one of the filmmakers in Sydney for the first time, which was wonderful. Yes. What a beautiful lady she is, and she's actually right here in Byron Bay at the moment. So, hello, Janine. Hello, Janine. This morning. A great film, and thank you so much. I've, I've now seen it three times. I guess you've seen it about ten times. I have, <laughs> almost, yeah. And, uh, the last time I cried even more than I did the second time, Look, or it, the first time. It gets me every mm. time, and I said that to Janine when I met her, yes. and she said, you know, she actually said, "Well, I was there when it was filmed, and it still gets me every time." Yeah, <laughs> that's great. It's just, a, it's just a powerful movie. And for those who don't know what the film is, it's an American film that's uh, that's been just shown here, premiere screenings around Australia, um, on uh, the use of psychedelic medicines in this new psychedelic revolution for the uh, for the healing of PTSD and other major psychological uh, traumas, um, particularly amongst. Uh, ex-military vets in America, uh, in the case of this film, uh, are vets from Iraq and Afghanistan. Yes, yeah, so it follows uh, particularly two US war veterans and also their their families, their partners mm. in particular as well on their healing journey through depression and PTSD and it contrasts the uh, mainstream treatment system through particularly through pharmaceuticals and, and the absence of outcomes from that and then the the success uh, of psychedelic therapy and it's not presenting psychedelic therapy as some kind of magic thing that instantly cures people it's very very down to earth and realistic you know it's showing the truth of uh, people having breakthroughs but then having to work with that and integrate that over time Uh, and I think it's just a wonderful bridge building piece that sort of brings together a very down to earth mainstream aspect of society being war and conflict uh, and regular folks who bump into psychedelic medicines and then cross that bridge into transformational healing. And so I, I think it's a really, really mm. positive movie that's contributing to the rollout, you know, the, the revelation of psychedelic medicine and mm. how it really is uh, amazing and transformative, com- particularly compared to, uh, you know, the, the previous treatments that we've had. And, and I'm not... Uh, criticizing or everything has its throwing away somewhere. every everything is valuable in different ways and and even the the psychedelic treatments are not just psychedelics but a combination of support and integration yeah and, yes. and other therapies as well yeah. um, but the truth is that our pharmaceutical system is broken at the moment and uh, the, this is so obvious in the film one of the the characters of the film shows his medicine cabinet and now he's got something like 99 pill bottles in there and explains that he was on anywhere between i think he said 18 to 25 pills per a day, day which is just exactly. cra- craziness really is Absolutely. crazy 
and that that itself is a reflection of the corporate capture of um, our social systems where they've turned into money-making mm. devices rather than actual treatment. And I guess this feeds, as you're speaking, a little bit into the theme of today. We're going to be talking about the play of opposites, and I'm thinking of that with regard to the film, in fact, and exactly what you identify there, this relatively conservative, the military, uh, ordinary American folks in their 40s or so with families who've suffered, uh, who chose to go to, to war in Iraq and Afghanistan for, for the American army, with the American army at that time, came back suffering uh, severe PTSD, and, uh, and, and found, as you said, bumped into um, the, the new psychedelic research, the new psychedelic medicine uh, arena, which is really a complete opposite from, you could say, from the military and from, as you said, from the traditional forms of therapy uh, and treatment of these issues, which have never really been dealt with very well uh, from ex-military people in all of our countries, and it's only really beginning to start to open up. And that, that new, that opposite, uh, what you wouldn't think you you wouldn't be imagining that a uh, a vet from Iraq and Afghanistan from the Midwest say ends up in a psycho uh, a, a new psychedelic research facility so to speak experiencing this and having a transformative experience it's uh, it is a really good example of, of in a, in a way of what's going on in the world um, it is a good example and uh, the what's shown in the film is isn't actually uh, a research facility it's it's True, actually I, underground treatment but yeah. it certainly uh, it well reflects the way that psychedelic medicines are being used in research for sure and there is of course legal research being carried out in America into some of these substances now and we're just beginning to see that arise in Australia as we as we speak and of yeah. course Steve as you many of you know out here Steve's very involved in the advocacy for exactly that Yes, and, and actually making it happen as well through, as co-founder of PRISM. And, uh, of course, America's way ahead of us in this respect. Uh, they began their MDMA for PTSD research back in 2003. Mm. So we are, Australia is lagging behind. Uh, however, a lot's happened in the last two years. Mm. And uh, I, as I've, I think I've said before on the show, it was like somebody flicked a switch in late 2017 because things that w were obstacles for many, many, many years all of a sudden started to melt away. Mm. Mm. And uh, and that also feeds into our topic today, the play of opposites. Mm. And I thought it was very interesting that uh, you know there is no news today, which is opposite to how it normally is. And, uh, and the reason I chose this topic today, of course, is because it's arising everywhere. I mean, <laughs> it always is the play of opposites, but, but it seems to be particularly emphasised uh, at this moment. For all of you out there, strangers in a strange land, you're grokking future sense here on Bay FM. You are now tuned, though, to Future Sense here with Steve McDonald and Nick Jeans on this Monday morning, the 9th of the 9th, 19. It's a bit of a fortuitous date, perhaps. Thanks for your text so much. Just uh, bring this up um, first because we were talking about the film From Shock to War, which those uh, regular listeners here are familiar with and may have seen uh, seen this showing here or somewhere else. Um, and this listener has written in, I used to live in the Shire but sadly have moved away. Is there any chance that the film can be shown on the Coffs Coast and Grafton as there are mainstream towns really need to know this information and absolutely true um it is indeed yeah it's it's uh, not within our power to say uh, i'm afraid but we what i can say is that the australian psychedelic society has uh very kindly hosted the screenings so far and uh we've done byron brisbane adelaide and now sydney on the weekend just gone and melbourne is next weekend mm. which will be the final planned screening at this stage there may be uh, other screenings around Australia. We're not sure, Ben. We can certainly talk to um, Janine, the filmmaker, who is in the Shire, yeah. 
for the next couple of days. And, uh, but it is being released in October, isn't it? Anyway, it I is, think it's yeah. It's going to be released yeah. electronically yes. in uh, October, so it'll be up on things like Amazon and iTunes. I think they're going to put it forward to Netflix and try and get it on Netflix as well. Yeah. And, and I wouldn't be surprised if it did get on there because it's a remarkable it's piece. It's a very, very good film. It's yeah. very, very good. Yeah. And we've had such an amazing response yes. around Australia so far. Yeah. It's just been consistently... Uh, wowing really the the people that are turning up and the amount of interest and after each screening we've had a discussion panel and every time there are way more questions than we can cater for within the time uh, that we have available so it's it's really wonderful to see and it reflects I think uh, at a, a, an emergence you know a, a sort of next level emergence of awareness within society uh, of this particular type of therapy and also the need for it yeah Fantastic. Well, we'll uh, keep asking questions, folks, and, and also keep contributing as we're, we're calling today for your uh, contributions. We'll come back to that shortly, but we're going to, Steve's going to sketch out a little bit of what we're going to be talking about today with regards to the play of opposites. That's right. So we're going to be talking about everything and nothing today. <laughs> and. Shh. Just generally about working with the flow of life based on an understanding of the natural change dynamic, which is well reflected in the, the Taoist Tai Chi symbol or yin-yang symbol that shows the active and the passive and how they flow together. And when each one is peaking, it actually uh, births the seed of the other mm. and so generates its opposite. And we're going to look at that paradox. Mm. Uh, and that is, of course, why life is so unexpected and confusing because this is the dynamic and we really, we're not born with an understanding of that dynamic. Mm. It's something that we have to remember and uh, it takes us quite some years usually of practice and inquiry and self-development to get to the point where we can really comfortably work in some way with that paradoxical arrangement. Mm. And, and it's certainly a characteristic of second-tier consciousness is a comfort with that paradox and, and an ease of working with it. So we're going to talk about that, mm. talk about uh, how we personally interact with these energies and, and maybe uh, get some clues around how we can get into a flow state around them. Yeah, I mean, it's fascinating, really. And it's a good question to ask you, the listener, as you're speaking, Steve, uh, your, your experience out there, and you can text in of dealing with paradox in your life dealing with opposites because it isn't something as you said that we're taught uh, in particular now in western civilizations it's probably arguable in tribal civilizations perhaps in earlier times in uh, indigenous civilizations that the, the opposites were more understood in a, maybe a, a visceral levels perhaps um, yeah, it really comes down to just paying attention to the natural order of things and so the more that you do that then the more you sort of key into this mm underlying fact yeah and so we're we're really open to flipping everything 180 today since we're talking about the play so so, uh, we're inviting more text (laughs) messages and questions and comments and those sorts of things well we've just had one uh, go right ahead just one comment here whilst it is true that opposites attract unless they have complementary uh sorry comma should be there it's hard with text of course as we all know doing text is it can be really easily misinterpreted my god do i know that whilst it is true that opposites attract unless they have complementary attributes the attraction can have disastrous results hmm. yes that's true yeah and therein lies an opposite <laughs> Everything has an opposite, folks. But that that, uh, that comfortability with opposites is, is, I guess, one of the things we're, we're, that interests me for sure because I think, uh, and you, you, you sort of talked about the personal, very, I'll just jump in on that very quickly because I'm finding myself these days to be very uh, amused by 
and uh, tickled pink a little bit by the play of opposites within myself and the awareness of how, you know, it's not either or, it's either and or at the very least. Plus, uh, God knows what else is out there that I don't know about that has an opposite that I might not know about either. <laughs> in, into playing within that structure, so, uh, but just that that uh, that feeling of excitement actually that paradox is not uh, a dangerous thing. It's actually possibly a portal or a doorway through to to evolution and change. That's a big statement. Yeah, absolutely, and it really just comes down to taking notice of, of what naturally occurs. I mean, oh, in, yes. in you know one of the simplest examples, day and night. You know, day uh, manifests and it gives rise to night, mm. and night gives manifests. Oh, it's so manifest day. It's that's so deep. It's <laughs> so deep, steep, and yet so shallow at the same time. Exactly, it's so obvious. It's, it's yeah, it's simple. I mean, you know, that, that's the good thing about the second tier approach to to this stuff is it, it kind of simplifies the mm. paradox, yeah. uh, and uh, I, it's it's really sort of hacking into the underlying code, the binary code which yin yang is simply a binary code it's it's two things mm. that combine in many many different ways mm. uh, to create the 10,000 things as they would say in Taoism mm. yeah and that that fact of course the the, uh, the word binary which is of course the opposite and uh, that being the basis uh, up till now or as we're sort of transforming into perhaps quantum computing and beyond uh, all of our computing is the zero the one the zero the one the one the zero this play of opposites continually and interestingly we're bound by that and yet are we bound by that because I, w I would say that this is exactly what perhaps we're breaking out of that there's an evolution of uh, the play of opposites into a third even though it's not really a third way, but it's a, another yeah. expression of well, it, it actually is a third thing. If you look at okay. if you yeah. look at the Tai Chi symbol, you'll see the yin and the yang. But what's often not mm. seen mm. is that they make one circle. Mm. Yeah, mm. the outside circle, mm. which is the container, and and, and, and therein is what has been called in many many different religious belief systems the Trinity. Mm. Right? Yeah. Which is integration is what you're also speaking of. Then yeah. those opposites integrate into the third. The Trinity, the third way, the third thing. Yeah. Yeah. You're tuned to Future Sense with Nick Jeans and Steve McDonald. Engage, emerge, activate, and spiral up. And thanks for joining us here on Future Sense. Always lovely to have you with us, whoever you are out there. We don't know who you are, or maybe we do. Uh, thanks for your texts, as, is, as I said, 043734 Thanks to uh, the text from George, one of our regular listeners, too, that actually came in before we started. I'll come back to some of that, too, where it fits in, because it does, of course, and you're pointing, pointing away to a certain uh, teacher of yours. We might mention his name as well. We're talking about the, the play of opposites, which is a huge topic, of course, and, um, and how we relate to that and how we can identify these things and how it plays out in this in this time of transformation that we are that we believe that we're in or we don't i don't know everything and nothing and you thank, might you, say. thank you very much <laughs> so embracing the paradox of opposites and their dynamic interplay and we are heading in this direction as a species as we approach this massive shift in consciousness this transition from what's known as first tier consciousness to second tier consciousness we are in the process going to a kind of quantum mm. intelligence where we develop this capacity to tap into the quantum field mm. which is so different than the way life has been particularly for us over the last few paradigms or eras mm. where we've been dominated by the rational mind mm. and even in the most recent era which is now passing away passing by uh, we've been extremely materialistic 
and uh, <laughs> tending to, to disregard, discard uh, those things that can't be measured with something physical. Mm. I mean, just a question there. Do you see that the rational and the irrational are... Uh, are in fact opposites because I, I would almost contest that. I mean, that's an interesting question. So. I, I think, uh, by definition, those two words that you used would, would be opposites. Yes, Nick. Oh, damn. Oh. Depends what you depends what you're actually trying to say. You win the prize. <laughs> <laughs> Can't argue that. <laughs> um, excuse me. Uh, yeah. So um, as we move into second tier, uh, we are we are moving literally moving beyond the domination of the rational mind and that in itself is is a very tricky process and it is typically quite confusing when we when we move into this zone of transition between first tier and second tier we have to suddenly change our way of operating and whenever we go through a major change like this it's always kind of mixed up in the middle you know you, you're trying to leave something behind and embrace oh. something new yeah. and you move into a space of a little bit of embracing the something new and a little bit of uh, sticking with old habits and uh, and typically this is confusing and ken wilbur in his work has described this zone as the pre-trans fallacy zone yes and this is a very fascinating area and it probably needs a bit of expansion just that yeah, yeah. so so what those what those words refer to is uh, basically if we think of human evolution as taking us through three zones of operation starting with the pre-rational where we're born into the world simply operating in a non-rational way mm. because the the rational mind isn't fully developed so we're driven by basic urges instincts mm. and immediately responding to needs and those sorts of things like a young child a baby and a young child yeah we don't think about things we just want to satisfy our our urges and needs and respond to instincts and then we move and grow beyond that into the rational zone which coincides with the development of course of the rational mind so we've got that as a tool mm. and then eventually our species is uh, evolving into this transrational space where we're moving beyond the rational mind and these things are nested they are not separate places that we're traveling between mm. they are capacities which are developing and then being added to so we have our pre-rational self which emerges initially and then we have the rational self which is wrapped over the top of that and of course in the rational zone the rational mind plays a big role in moderating the pre-rational so we learn to be civilized as they would say and control our, not uh, that you would know it from the current world policy no, no it's not, not always the case of course um <laughs> but we learn we we learn to you know notice uh, a basic urge or an instinct arising uh, and uh, then the rational mind kicks in and says okay there is this thing cause and effect and the ra we rationally know that if we do that now in this setting then the outcome is going to be such and such and do we really want that outcome or not and if we don't then we have the capacity usually to moderate the behavior our behavior mm. and wait till later to do whatever it was for example yeah and then uh, the the what what's happening at the moment is that the modern scientific industrial era and that way of being human which has dominated the planet for the last few hundred years which is now de in decline and consequently our our world and our social systems are falling into disarray because that way is no longer adequate for us to cope with the complexity that we have on the planet so that's good so the rational mind the the, the dominance of the rational mind has provided a huge steps forward in many many ways it's created a, a lot of solutions to many previous problems however it has limitations it has limitations yeah. and 
that is because it, it's finite in its yeah. operational capacity. And what's happening now is it's being overwhelmed by the infinite amount of information that we have to try and deal with in mm. everyday life. Mm. And a lot of this has been driven by our, our technology, our social mm. media technology in particular, which is massively increasing the number of interactions that we're having day to day. Uh, you know, it's no longer just the people that we see in, in our everyday life, but it's all around the world. And it's fascinating too, as you're speaking too, because in, in doing so and being flooded with so much information, it becomes more and more difficult for the rational mind to actually discern A or B. Is this good or bad? Is this right or wrong? Is this this or that? It becomes increasingly difficult to do that uh, calculation, I, I think. Exactly. So what is happening is evolution is taking us beyond that. It, it's mm. taking us into a space where we can operate simultaneously with rationality and non-rationality. And that is technically called the, the trans-rational, where we're, we're going beyond the rational. Mm. And I like to talk about it as being a kind of quantum consciousness, a kind of uh, higher intuition where we can tap into the quantum field and allow it to dispense whatever information mm. you know, we need to be aware of uh, in ways that are far superior to the operation of the rational mind. Mm. As you said though, of course, these things are nested in a way. I was kind of suggesting that by saying, is the rational and the non-rational opposite to each other? Which you said, of course, by definition, yes, they are. And yet, as you're speaking, of course, the uh, the, the higher capacity which we're evolving into, the trans-rational space, does still encompass the rational and the pre-rational areas. So, yeah, exactly. Which means that this yeah. can be used where appropriate, where the, where the quantum intelligence gives you a, a, a kind of rational solution to something yes. that's appropriate and true then that's then used in that particular way exactly so that's what you were really trying to ask we're, move, we're, to ask we're moving to a place place of both and yes both and yeah, yeah. yes and 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 um, one text has come in if past and future are opposite polarities then the now must be one of the most important trinities we can perceive yes of course past and future don't really exist there you go. <laughs> and, and they do also uh, and, uh, yeah, mine's. and someone else has written it straight up it is not to be wedded to either end of the spectrum yeah I mean that basically you don't get fixed in one end or the other of the spectrum I guess that's what you mean by that unless you do and this is the tricky thing about it this can yes. do your head in if you're not careful and uh, if you if you are pull over driver if you are a very <laughs> rational person and you're trying to crunch this with the rational mind then you are inevitably going to uh, struggle with For that sure. and, and i mean you know this is what people say that uh, the complexity is doing their head in and that's exactly what it's doing to us as a species it's doing a head in and it ain't working anymore and we have to pop out we have to blow our minds and go beyond <laughs> Just sit with that, folks. Have you pulled over yet? Because if you're getting a little, you know, too much going on, yeah, don't try and drive. And don't try and drive. Listen to us, for God's sake. Don't do anything rational. Don't <laughs> operate heavy machinery, for goodness gracious sake. As you can hear, we've been uh, a little silly today because that's uh, because we're not. Because actually, we're not silly. We're well, very competent people. The show is all about the play of opposites. It's all today. about the play of opposites. Exactly. Mm. You are tuned to Future Sense right now. That's 9.50 here on BFM 99.9. And uh, you're with Steve McDonald and myself, Nick Jeans. And another text has come in, thanks to Benjamin. Would it be true to say that once we start to see the world in opposites, that we are now starting to see the patterns that make up the true fractal nature of reality? Mm. That certainly can be true. Uh, and we we see the world in opposites at really in different ways at all of our stages of development. Mm. So even from you know the, our earliest interaction with reality. So it depends on where you are on that 
scale of growth. Uh, for example, if we look at the old authoritarian uh, paradigm which arose around the agricultural revolution, mm. that was very, very much focused on opposites, but it was a limited perspective yeah. where there were always two choices in life, but only one right choice, yeah. one ethical choice, yeah. one just choice. And, uh, and life was all about really... Um, making the right choice yes. according to whatever the higher authority dictated as being the right choice. And that Heaven or hell, it may well be, of course, literally speaking, for some exactly, configurations. Exactly, exactly, mm. quite, quite literally. Mm. And as we evolve through the layers from there into the modern scientific industrial, the, the, that simple choice of right or wrong mm. opens out, it breaks out into what Graves called multiplistic, where there are multiple choices now, and you have to test and experiment with each choice or option to decide which is the best mm. so it goes from being one right to many choices but only one best mm. and then we're currently in a in the a global shift to the sixth layer where we move into a, a complex network kind of an arrangement so it becomes uh, more about those um, two things or those, those uh, the duality I guess being an aspect of connection within a network mm. so many connections mm. I mean that I mean it's, it's great because it's quite difficult to talk about when you're speaking about the network of the green layer of the layer that we're emerging into in Graves's in Claire W Graves's work yeah. layer six um, that network centric that development of, of new networks how a polarity within that structure actually uh, operates. So you yeah. inferred there, but that's kind of but curious. Probably, that... probably the best way to put mm. that into words would be me and other. Oh, right, okay. Right? Yeah, except there are many, many others. Mm. Yeah. Oh, I like it straight away. Yeah. That's very good, me and other. Yeah. Can you relate to that, folks, out there? And again, we're calling for texts, and thanks for many of your texts. We've had lots in already, and we've been mentioning many of them. Um, but please do, do so and join the discussion, because obviously in a show like this, we're just... We're just bringing some attention to this uh, play of opposites. We're not claiming to, to tell you anything or to go incredibly deep straight away. There's so much in such a thing here. So you please contribute because you are the other here. We're here and you're the other out there. Or you're not. 04373 on the text line. 03 Just to unpack that a little bit more, one of the differences between the, the modern scientific industrial and the emerging postmodern or relativistic is that we have multiple choices in the the old paradigm, the scientific industrial, but we only engage with each one at a time, each one of the options, right? And then we choose a best option and engage with that. Whereas in, in a networked setting, we are simultaneously connected. Mm. And that's a big leap, isn't it? Because that uh, that choosing one path at the time, this is the most efficacious, this is the most successful, this is what's going to get me what I want this way. Yeah. But that f immediately infers that as soon as that's not operating uh, effectively anymore, uh, someone, a person, a company, uh, a government can just shift tack and go over here suddenly because that seems to be more efficacious. Now, well, let's choose this. That's right. You discard yeah. it. And discard we, it. we've seen that play out in our way of relating yes. between masculine and feminine through the eras. I mean, if you look back to the agricultural era, you made one choice and that was it. You had to, you know, the right thing to do, according to God or whoever the higher authority was, was to stick with that choice for life. 
and and consequently um, it sort of gave rise to frustration and melancholy for that you know for that reason because people people felt stuck mm. eventually as the paradigm played itself out towards the end mm. and then uh, in the modern scientific industrial if you look at what's happened to the family structure and masculine feminine relating is it's been exactly that it's been find the best mm. until it's no longer the best discard it and look for another one right which which uh, is why Australian marriages uh, last uh, an average of 12 years now where once probably in the generation of our parents it was more like 25 years or longer uh, that uh, that notion that oh, well, I've ha- oh, this is this is enough now I've, I've learned enough I've had enough this is not giving me the juice I need and uh, let's move on it's contested all of those structures now of, of uh, the obvious opposites of sitting in, I'm this or I'm that. Now, well, no, I might be this for a while, but I need to be flexible to be that perhaps uh, later on another time. Yeah, exactly. So and, and so what's emerging now, and we're yet to see the, the full blossoming mm. of this next paradigm because it, you know, it hasn't reached its, its full flowering yet. But what's implied by the theory that we understand from the research is that it's about simultaneous connection to multiple people. Yeah. And and we ought to, and I guess we are seeing early yes. stages of that through polyamory and those sorts of things, yes. but we ought to see it blossom into that. And coinciding with that is this uh, heart expansion, yeah. which allows us potentially to hold that. Whereas if we look back to and we think back to times when we were living through those old paradigms, our, heart, our capacity for heart connection was quite literally limited, quite literally. And in the, the agricultural era, the, the authoritarian times, uh, we literally only had the capacity to hold one other in our heart and often it was the other who was in our presence. And then we moved to the scientific industrial where we went, we, we kind of discarded that old, which always happens when we move between paradigms. Yes. And we, we break out of the ethical boundaries, where particularly when we're moving from a communal, like the a communal system or paradigm, like the agricultural era, into the individual scientific industrial era we discard the rules we discard the the rigidity mm. and we look for flexibility and freedom mm. and and so we moved into that freedom of and a capacity to uh, engage with another but then also to disengage and then re-engage yes yeah, yeah. And as we now emerge, as you said, the potential exists for us to engage with uh, multiple others or a number of others in various ways. And what's the key to me, though, what you said, then, is the expansion of the heart. Absolutely. Because it's clear that in terms of intimate relating between male and female or male, male, female, female, whatever you, whatever rocks your boat, uh, that dynamic, if it's, uh, let's say, to put it really bluntly here, if it's purely based around the issues of sexuality, I'm with this person, I'm not with that, or I want to be with more than one, then you've got trouble. But if you've got, you may not have trouble, but you've certainly got um, a very complex thing to deal with at this time of our evolution. But if you, uh, if you, if you're actually expanding the heart in this frame, then you're able to encompass much more of of the sexual and the psychic. The whole thing can be brought into the frame somehow in yeah. a different way. And what we know about the the emerging paradigm is that it's not perfect. You know, it, it has its limitations. Yeah. It has its shadow aspect. And this is clear in the research. Uh, and uh, the shadow aspect in that emerging paradigm is one of power, power over. Yeah. So uh, what we can expect to see in the early stages of these new ways of relating is the emergence of shadow power aspects, mm. which, which are, and by shadow I mean things that we're not really conscious of but are playing out. Okay. 
That's fantastic. And, and, and again, folks, if you're listening to this and you can relate to this, this is, um, I mean, for me personally, this is really true in my life and it's true in your life. That And is it true in your life out there, folks? Because uh, is that actually what's going on, as uh, what Steve's just described there, or your version of that? And so what we're really talking about mm. here in, in today's show is moving beyond that again into second tier mm. where it becomes both and yeah yeah uh and we have we truly have the capacity to operate left brain right brain simultaneously and integrate whereas in the the first tier the the six layers of consciousness we still flop and change between left brain right brain and so the modern scientific scientific industrial was a left brain oriented era we're moving into another right brain oriented era so we still even though we're we're expanding every time we move to a new layer we're expanding our capacity to do everything really and our sensory capacity to understand and make sense of that we are still limited by this uh, duality of left brain or right brain mm. whereas when we transition through what is being called the great shift in consciousness we go to a place of both and where we can operate both at the same time and it's really key as we as we reach the frontier of that the threshold of that momentously leap of that great change that this these shadow aspects as steve mentioned before arise in order to be seen and to be brought to the light in order to make ourselves prepared you could say for that leap because we can't carry that stuff fully across to the other side i would imagine we can't literally no. we can't we can't cross the bridge if we're carrying it can't, yes. it just comes down to that yes. and these things are neither good nor bad yeah uh, they are you know it's up to us to to perceive and uh, decide how we want to treat them mm. and the tension created by that left brain right brain swing is really the driver it's the the tension on the elastic band which is firing us up through to mm. second tier consciousness so it plays a very important evolutionary role so be um, be thrilled even, but certainly be um, uh, how would I say be aware that there's a navigation going on. If these things are arising in you, if you if the shadow is coming, if you are in discussion with, if you if you're finding new territory, if you're mapping yourself into a different place with regards to the shadow, perhaps then this is probably all a very good thing at this time. And if you are operating and, and navigating that sixth layer, which is the the foundation for the the big leap into second tier know that every time you bump into that tension it is an opportunity for growth because what it really is is it's a mirror reflecting what needs to be perceived and embraced in order to progress through to second tier which is one of the reasons why i guess the play of opposites exists at all in this dimension exactly yeah you're resonating right now on future sense with steve mcdonald and nick jeans and we're talking about opposites today and of course the shadow is the opposite of the light you could say and we were just talking a little bit about um, relationships before the break there and we had a text coming I think we'll bring this up um, someone's written and said if we feel uh, to view each other as genderless neither man nor woman just spirit beings of non-judgment on our own journey of learning lessons but part of the whole consciousness transition out of the traditional uh, old role playing as man and woman we can all go forward for humanity and start our own sovereign state as the government is old paradigm and too set in its ways since queen victoria time to move on so the question really and it says treaty at the end of that the question is in this as we move forward are we actually moving beyond the male and female um definition to some degree is that so do you think what i would say is that we are 
moving beyond in the sense of adding to it. So, the you know all of the the research that I've studied suggests that we are nested in the way that we grow. So it's not a matter of discarding one thing, leaving it yeah. behind, and, and moving to being something completely different. Although in the day-to-day experience of life, it can certainly be that. But but ultimately, uh, we are much more than our, our physical gender as human beings. And so it's a matter of expanding, mm. growing to the point where we get that and mm. we can apply that to everyday life. It doesn't change the fact that we might be a man or a woman, mm. but it means that we, we can live with that plus mm. which also means that in a future coming as we evolve into this this new human I, I think we could call it that uh, that we're quite capable and possible going to live within a sort of normal structures too that's an availability we, we may still live as man and woman in that relationship if it works for you for the two people involved in that if it's a clear and conscious um, choice but it also may not be that it could be all sorts of different uh, forms and structures of relationship that emerge yeah the growing complexity on the planet is creating uh, richness you know and so uh, i think this is part yeah. and parcel of why we're seeing the diversity around yeah. uh, sex and yes. sexu- sexual identity yeah. expand yeah, um, yeah it's we, we have the capacity now to mm. to work beyond that yeah, yeah. It's instead of the, the limit, you know, of just one or the other. I think it's lovely to, to talk about a richness and to, to begin to see it that way, and I think that's a lovely thing to inspire folks if, it's, if it feels good for you to see that it's not necessarily challenging that things are more complex, but it actually is richer, deeper, more, uh, you know, more uh, flavoursome, more like a smorgasbord of possibilities that is opening up forward. Exactly, yeah. exactly, yeah. You've been listening to Future Sense, a podcast edited from the radio show of the same name broadcast on Bay FM in Byron Bay, Australia at bayfm.org. Future Sense is available on iTunes and SoundCloud. The future is here now. It's just not evenly distributed.